Hey everyone, it's Rob here from Aravipa, and we are back with another Coca-Dona post-race interview. Of course, the inaugural 250-plus mile race happened earlier this month, and it was completely amazing. If you caught any of the live stream coverage, it was definitely a challenge out there. And since then, I've spoken with several Coca-Dona runners about their adventure from Black Canyon City to Flagstaff. Today's episode is a conversation with Stefan Fiendero. At just 20 years old, he was the youngest runner to tow the line at Coca-Dona. He was also the only runner to wear a Santa hat for the entire race. He became known as Santa Hat Kid from our viewers on the live stream, and over the course of his race, he fully evolved into Stefan Claus. As promised on the live stream, we even brought Stefan Claus some milk and cookies at the finish line. He is full of positive energy and has such a great mindset about the sport. We'll dive right into his passion for running and break down some key moments of his race. So without further ado, here is our post-race conversation with Stefan Claus, Stefan Fiendero. Thanks for taking the time to join us today here on the podcast. Uh, We're super stoked to chat with you. Obviously, you're a little over... Well, I guess probably like a little over a week out from your finish at Cocodona. So uh, still pretty fresh. My, my, my legs mind. tell a different story. They think it happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, I was, was going to say, how are you feeling, you know, a little over a week uh, out from the race? Yeah, I mean, most of the like, like muscular pain and like joint aches and whatnot are gone. But um, I had a similar experience with Bigfoot where it's like, it feels like there's just this like, deep underlying pain in my legs that just it, it just takes a while to flush out i i did two miles this morning and i felt like i i don't know i felt like i'd run a marathon it was um i don't know I'm, I'm trying to give myself that just like take a little bit of time off and i have bryce 100 in like 10 days or whatever so i'm, I'm just trying to like what do, do a delicate balancing act between recovering for this but also kind of priming the legs i want to get in a little heat heat running too so yeah. Well, I want to get into all yeah. things Coca-Dona, but we got to back up and we got, I want to give our listeners more context uh, and perspective on, on who you are. Um, because, you know, it definitely, you know, the cool thing about Coca-Dona, it, it, it brought out a great variety of, of runners. Um, and one thing about you is like, you probably weren't on a lot of people's radar. You were, you were the youngest entrant. Coconut, yeah, you're yeah, you're 20, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned 21 in a month, so okay, yeah, yeah, close. <laughs> so, towing the line at 20, and it's not, it was not your first undertaking on uh, first go at undertaking that epic. Obviously, you just mentioned uh, Bigfoot and everything. So, mm-hmm. what let's just back up and say, you know, tell everybody who is Stefan, what's your running background, let us know it all. Yeah, well, um, I've grown up uh, in the Bay Area. I was I was I was born here, and it's um, a beautiful place to run. Um, I kind of start with uh, my dad. My dad ran his first fifty k when he was in his twenties. This is all the way back in South Africa, um, and I remember seeing these pictures growing up. He ran a just like one off, ran a fifty k, hated it. It was all on the road, um, but he had always kind of had this this uh, running itch. Uh, and so when I was growing up, he would do a lot of half marathons uh, on the road. And it was always so cool to me. Uh, so I did my first half marathon on the road when I was 12. And I loved it. It was, it was one of those rock and roll ones. You know, you got, you got the band every mile. And so that was really fun. Um, but I got tired of the road pretty quickly. And uh, one of my best friends in middle school, his dad ran Western States in uh, 2012, I believe. And I remember following his, they just like started with a little bit of tracking. You know, you could see them coming through the aid stations and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he eventually dropped at the river. Um, but that was kind of like my first, oh, wow, there's this whole world out here uh, that, you know, you don't have to pound it out on the pavement. Um, and so me and my dad were kind of interested in trail running. So at the time I was, so a couple years after that, I, I ran a little bit more in the roads, but when I was 14, I did my first trail 50 K and that was like, that was like love at first sight. It was like, 
I was like, this, this is my mistress trail running. Uh, you know, it just, it, it kind of became my world. Um, my world outside of school and like normal kid activities was just, just trail running. So the past like six, seven years, um, been a fairly natural progression, I think, um, 50 Ks, 50 milers, hundred Ks. Um, and then I did my first hundred miler when I was 17. And since then, I, I, I don't want to run shorter. I've done a couple shorter distances, but I love, I love 100 plus um, events. And I don't know, I got really inspired uh, to try a 200. You know, I'd seen a lot of people posting about it, a lot of videos about it. And I was like, this, this is the frontier. Um, so I did Bigfoot in August of 2019. And um, it was just such a fantastic experience i mean such a just going into the trenches to i don't know find out find out more about myself find out like everybody has this like self-concept this like idea of who they are and they want to like live up to it and you, you don't really know like how tough you are until you're like you really experience it and i think that's what really drew me to to Bigfoot and then eventually to Cocodona when I saw Cocodona. Yeah. I mean, over a year ago, I guess I saw the race and I was like, this, this is it. Like, this is, this is the next one I want to do it. Um, and I, I, I think it lived up to that. It, I mean, it was brutal. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with, with how I did. So I think it's, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a fight. It's a fight to constantly, uh, improve yourself and uh just test your willpower and and test who you are so yeah that, i think that's it for me i think that's what that, uh, that's what trail running is that's amazing i mean yeah and for those people uh those of you listening like you finished uh 12th and uh 12th place male and 14th overall coconut 91 hours 10 minutes and 29 seconds that is uh a pretty stout performance for anybody, let alone 20 years old. And, you know, kind of just the way you ran it too. I like, if you're listening, you can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. see this, but he's wearing a Santa hat right now. And very quickly on the live stream, he became known as Santa hat kid because we were the opening, one of the opening drone shots, uh, all of a sudden you see, you know, so we're looking, looking down on the runners going through the black Canyon trail. And all of a sudden there's a Santa hat. We're like, okay. And then we continue to see the Santa hat throughout the course as it heats up. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, strategy with Santa hat and how you evolved from Santa hat kid to Stefan Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually tried to get that Instagram handle. Whenever he's like, Oh, you got to get an Instagram. I tried st somebody already took Stefan Claus. <sighs> so man, yeah. Santa runs ultras. Uh, I, I was, I, I settled for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, sorry. Did you, did you ask a question? Did I miss something? No. Yeah. Yeah. I I you right, there. Were, yeah. No, you were right on it with, uh, like, so why you ran the entire race in the same Santa hat. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. It was I know. Very... I, that sounds so gross. That sounds so gross. Now, now that you say it. Because, well, it's not even, it's, Forget about how dirty the hat got, and it got dirty because <laughs> the white, the fluffy white part, <laughs> yeah. was not fluffy and white. It was kind of like brown and crusty by the end of it. But yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact, like, let alone that aside, it, I mean, Cocodona this year, everybody we've talked to and the people were following along, like the big conversation was how hot it was yes. across multiple sections, and then you're wearing a Santa hat, <laughs> so well, why? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I started, I started wearing it, uh, this past Christmas or this past December, just for fun. Um, on some group runs. I, I don't know. I just, I was like, I was getting a kick out of it. And, um, uh, it, it, it was really, it's really nice insulation when it's cold. Um, and so I wore it out at a cold water rumble in January. <laughs> <laughs> and it got so hot. I didn't realize how hot that race would be too in January. Um, but uh, I started stuffing it with ice and I found like, you know, if, if it's cold, it's good insulation. If it's hot, it's just a nice ice pocket. Um, and I don't know. It, I feel like it should bug me more than it does. 
because like it is it like it it is it gets really hot during the day. It got re- like the time I was like, what am I doing? Was coming into Sedona, coming into Sedona during the day and leaving Sedona. It was like so hot. Um, but I don't know. It um, outside of just like the I guess practical like ice carrying capacity it provides. It's just um, I don't know. I think it keeps you in a good uh, mental state more than anything. Like it. I don't know. You can't, you can't take yourself too seriously if you're wearing a Santa hat. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, like, this isn't like, it's not the Olympic. It's, it's just, you're, you're just running through the desert wearing a Santa hat. And it just, um, I don't know. Everybody seems to get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of it. And it just, it's like, this is just a party. It should just be a party. It should just be a, a celebration of everything that we love. So, and I love Christmas. So I, I, it's like, my favorite time of the year. So I just, I'm like, you know what? Why do Christmas in December? Why not just do it year round? So I love it. I don't know. It's not like, you know, everybody's like asking for some deep meaning from the Santa hat. I'm, I'm sorry if I let anyone down. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's fairly practical. I enjoy it. And it, I don't know. It keeps me in the right state of mind. So. No, that's, I think that's the perfect reason. I think, and I'll have you elaborate on that a little bit. Like you touched on, that it keeps you in a good headspace, like the mental, the mind game of running, let alone running ultras is super important. And I think I would imagine like it brought a smile and put a smile on everybody's face. When we saw the Santa hat, Hey, it was really easy to identify you. We, we could do it from a mile away. We didn't need to see a bib number, Yeah, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was definitely, something that I continue to put a smile on her face. And you're right. I think it's super easy to take yourself in life, like really just too seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that, you know, you know, running any distance, let alone 250 miles is definitely a serious endeavor, but I think it was, that is a really good way to make sure, you know, wearing a Santa hat is seemingly a good way to make sure there's always at least a little bit of fun in the, mm-hmm. the challenging moments. So like, Talk a little bit about, like, I, I would imagine you had lows during the race. Yeah. So you, you want to talk about some of those low points over the course of the, the few days? The whole race is right? low. The whole race is low. Now, um, yeah. Yeah, that that's um, that's definitely an interesting part um, about 200s, for sure. Um, you just have so many more lows and so many so much more dramatic lows. Like you just are like, what, like you're questioning just everything you're doing, just why you're out there, like why you care about this, like why you like running. <laughs> um, it, yeah. Uh, there was, there was a couple, yeah, there's a couple really, really, um, I think really dark, the, the the dark moments they're like the hardest but like the most important like i feel like i feel like we don't talk about them enough like i feel like it's half the reason we run these things it's to like experiences like those like really uncomfortable scenarios and just just pushing through it um Ah, uh, I mean, it, it, it just, it, in Coconona, it just hit so quick. In Coconona, it hit between Aid Station 1 and Aid Station 2. Like, climbing up to Lane Mountain, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what are we doing? Um, I just I just remember seeing people, like, it, it looked like a, a, a battlefield. There's just people strewn out, like, under trees and under rocks and, like, uh, just, like, clawing, clawing their way up this mountain. But it was just, like, you just try to almost make it like a moving meditation. I, I don't want to get all like Zen on you, but it's like, you just try to, 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 to work through, to work through it in a race capacity, but it's kind of like you're working through it. Like your own, like insecurities and your own flaws and the way that you, the way that you view yourself and just, I don't know, the race kind of gives you that, that uh mechanism i think to to work through these these deeper things that i think we all struggle with and that we don't really want to talk about because it's like super uncomfortable to 
Um, but for me, that's that's really what like Hokodono was about experiencing those for me, like really deep insecurities about myself and then and pushing out the other end. Um, like I took for one of the, the miles, like the, the one mile going straight up Eldon at the end, I took, I believe an hour and six minutes going one mile. And it was cause like every 10, 20 steps, I was just sitting down. I was just like, I, I can't do this. I, I can't get up this mountain. I should just just go down, get a ride into Flagstaff. I'll just be done. Um, but it was just—I don't know—it was such a such a deep struggle. But then, like summoning and and seeing everyone at the top and seeing the lights below, you're just like, you can pull through. You you can pull through. You can do it. You can always do it. Like it's always a matter of your mind. I mean, not always. Like if you break your leg, but it. I th- I think that's what it's about is just just pushing through those really dark moments. Yeah, which I think the uh, Kokodono was a lot of dark moments. <laughs> it was very fun ah. too. It was very fun too. I'm getting so deep. I don't mean to. It's it's very fun. It was a great race. No, I think I I think that's beautiful. I think that's I think you hit, you know hit the nail on the head. I think um that's why a lot of a lot of us like to run or or whether it's running or not but like you know mm-hmm. do really challenging things to uh it's probably a little bit of uh masochism in there but i think it's also to <laughs> to experience the lows because i've always thought that it's a great um analogy and metaphor for things off the trail off the course like you're going to experience Absolutely. lots of highs and lows in life right so when you can give yourself that perspective um, like I couldn't even imagine what a Coca-Dona low is like, you know, um, I'm just saying it from being, from witnessing it from the studio, but like, yeah, I would imagine that it, it's, it's something that you'd be able to carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was weird. Like, uh, the one moment that kind of sticks out to me was actually, uh, the last crew aid station, Walnut Canyon. <laughs> I was sitting there eating a Subway sandwich, a sweet onion chicken teriyaki, the best best Subway sandwich there is there. And I just, I was sitting there with my dad and I was just, I just started crying. Um, and, you know, I hadn't, I, I don't know if it was like I hadn't maybe fully embraced the emotions that I'd been feeling or I just, I don't know, it just like all came out at that last, that last create station. And it was weird. Cause I was like, uh, when you're running, you just, uh, you have like a singularity of purpose, which is so, so beautiful and something we never get. I feel like in our, our real life, we like to call it our real life. Um, in our daily lives, you don't get that kind of singularity of purpose. And I was like, I was kind of, um, I was kind of torn between like, I knew I was inching closer to the finish and I had all this, this like, you carry this like emotional baggage with you, I think. And um, I don't know, I was, I was happy to finish, but it's just, you kind of want to stay in that like paradise forever. Um, but I just, I don't know, try to work through it, try to haul the emotional baggage up to the top of Elden and leave it there. Um, <laughs> um, but uh no, it was, it was a really powerful experience. Um, I mean, hardest thing I've done by far. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah like no, not, I mean, every, everything pales in comparison. I mean, Bigfoot was like a picnic compared to Kogodona. I, I mean, it really, I mean, and speaking to other runners, it, it's that seems to be the consensus. I mean, it was like Bigfoot on steroids. And I mean, Bigfoot compared to the other 200s is significantly harder so <laughs> like just to give you like a scale for like measuring cocodona it was it was off the charts um wow. but it was really powerful too it was really powerful i'm still trying to like work through um i don't know everything i experienced out there and and everything i felt and um it's really cathartic and like over the past week i've been trying to write my race report and i haven't mostly like finished but then i'm you know i'm like adding pictures and i'm like but I'm like smiling at all these pictures <laughs> and it's like, this is like, um, I don't know. I feel like that it's, it's, it was like the, the struggle doesn't totally come out. Like just when you write about it, 
when you kind of get that peace and time to kind of reflect on it and speaking to you now, I'm like, wow, it was like, it was really tough, <laughs> but like, um, I don't know, like also a bit like a celebration of, of life in our sport. So it was great. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, and like, so how was that release when you finished? Like I, we didn't catch you finishing. You finished like when we were off air. No, yeah, I saw like you. Two a.m. or whatever. Yeah, and we saw you uh, that next day. I believe it was the next day. Like Matt and I went up there. We delivered the milk and cookies as promised because we were going to definitely brother. deliver on them. That was that was really <laughs> special. Thank you. That was really special. Yeah, yeah. No, and and but I, how did it? Like you seemed to be. I mean, you definitely look. I, your lip was split, and you looked tired. Let's yeah, just say yeah. what you looked tired, but you looked like you were just in great spirits there with your whole, with your family. Like, so obviously that wasn't a long time ago. Like has it all fully processed yet? Still sounds like you're still processing yeah. that whole yeah. endeavor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think it takes a while. <laughs> I, I think it takes a while to, to, to work through everything, but um, to go back to the finish, the finish, um, that that was that was really really special. That was really special. I really I liked um, the little alleyway was like a, it was like a portal to our new life. You know, you run down this this alley, you run through the finish line. You're like, okay, I'm here. I've completed my metamorphosis. Um, but actually, no. Howie captured a really great shot of um, my mom just giving me a hug and my like I'm. I'm just looking down and my mom's like got her hand on my cheek and I'm just like, I feel like to me, that was like, that was like the finish. Like that, that like encapsulated everything about the finish was like, a, like a, I am done. Like I'm spent. Um, but like in a, in a like really good way, not like I'm just like exhausted. Not like I'm just tired. Oh, I just want to grab a beer. Like more like, I'm just like, I, I put my like my heart, soul, and being into it. And to finish there was it was awesome. I we actually we stayed at the finish line for a couple hours. We saw Jesse and Jamil come in and I mean I was ready to sit there through the night. Uh but uh I got a little tired. I was like, I should get some sleep. Um but it was <laughs> it's a it was a really uh ah yeah. It was it's just like, it just came, you know, coming off Eldon, coming off Eldon felt like eternity. I, I, and, and, and coming through Buffalo park, I thought I had been surrounded by wolves and like, I was just losing it. I was absolutely losing it. Um, but then like the finish, it was just like, it was like, I'm tapped out. Like, uh, but, um, it was great. I honestly, maybe my favorite part was spending, um, Friday and then Saturday morning. Um, just watching all the finishers uh, come in. Uh, yeah. We, I, I, had two, I had two friends out there um, in particular uh, from the Bay Area, um, Roger Pineapple and Bruce Nguyen. Um, and we were, we were just watching them on the track or we didn't want to miss their finish. And uh, just, it's just seeing everyone finish. And yeah, I think seeing, seeing everyone just, just give it everything. Like Roger, we got up so early in the morning on, I think it was like Saturday morning, maybe like two or 3 AM to come watch Roger come in. And he's like, he's like, he looks like the hunchback of Notre Dame coming in. I mean, he's like, it's just crawling down the road to get into the finish. And it was just like, Oh, it's just, it's so emotional. I mean, people say hundred miles is a life in a day. I mean, 200 miles isn't a, a, is an eternity. I mean, you feel like you have experienced every human emotion possible and come through the other side. So finishing was fantastic. I just try to soak it all in and enjoy my buttermilk cookies. <laughs> they were very good. They were very good. Thank you. Oh yeah. They were local from uh, yeah. Macy's Macy's coffee shop. We unfortunately couldn't find any chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. And then I realized at the day after we wrapped everything up that we were the entire time we were standing next to a bakery and I just didn't see at it. At the finish line? <laughs> yeah, it was right there. 
I think we were everybody was a little sleep deprived, and that's why. <laughs> that's funny, but yeah, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I want to back up a little bit, talk about um, a few different things, and you. One of them is like hallucinations. That seems to be something that a lot of people are interested in. And you mentioned coming through Buffalo Park at the end. You thought you were surrounded by wolves. Is that is that for real? Like you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, it, it was it was very scary. Um, honestly, the, the the other hallucinations were were probably worse, just in their like cumulative nature. But coming through Buffalo Park, I'm just running along. I'm just running along. Well, running along is a, <laughs> that's an overstatement. I was walking along, um, but I just see all these eyes, these eyes. And I, I turn around me, I see eyes, I see eyes. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. There's, I don't know what, what I, I swear. This is like, I'm encircled by eyes. And then there's one set of eyes at the front that starts walking towards me. And I had convinced myself, I was like, oh, this must be like wolves or coyotes or something. I mean, like, I'm not a wildlife expert, but I'm like, that's the alpha male. The alpha male is going to attack me. I'm going to die here. I'm not even going to finish Cocodona. I was convinced. And I was like, but it was also kind of funny because I needed, okay, TMI, but I needed to take a dump at the time. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to die, like, I'm going to take a dump first. So I found a nice spot off trail and took a dump and came back and the eyes were still there. And I was like, you know what? The finish is not that far. Um, and so I just started clanking my poles and, uh, then they ran away all scared. And when they were running away, I realized it was just deer. It's like, it sounds so dumb now saying it, but like <laughs> your mind just plays such crazy tricks, tricks on you. I, I mean, it's the, uh, yeah, the, honestly, the worst part are just the little birdies, like the little ones that I don't know what type of bird it is, but we, I feel like we have the same birds out here when, you're you're running on the trail in the dark and you just see these like two like emerald eyes on the trail and they're just like they won't move and you're like what is that like is that a frog or something and it'll like just fly up right in front of you and just like oh my god the like it it sounds so dumb it's like a bird but it's like so scary um i don't know i think the 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 hardest part for me was just the um just kind of like your your normal just like where your kind of dream senses like blend into like what you're seeing. So, I mean, just people, I always see people and I always see just, it's weird. Cause it's like, I see the faces of like people that are important to me, like in the trees. And it's just, it's just so weird. And you're just wow. like, those, those aren't real. Like those aren't like, they're not here, but then you like, I don't know if it's like my brain trying to process, like, I feel like they're on this journey with me, but they're not. And, um, and then a lot of lighter stuff too. Just a lot of, a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. Just seeing like people dancing in the forest and like snakes in the trees and stuff. I don't know. You just, you can kind of amuse yourself with some of the other stuff. Um, but I, I got really, the, the time I got really sleepy was, um, when we went up, uh, I think it's Kasner mountain. After mm -hmm. the um, black tank, I believe it is um, coming down Casper Mountain. I was just like, I was, I was so sleepy. I, I took like maybe four or five trail naps. Um, luckily, I had my brother with me um, pacing me. He he kept me lucid. Otherwise, I was just like everything. Just kind of, I just got like like tunnel vision to the extreme, and I just like I the 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 road and everything was just just morphing into itself. Um, yeah, I'm very glad that I believe every tunnel we crossed, which I didn't realize we were going through tunnels during this race. You guys should make a note of that <laughs> in the runner packet. <laughs> I think every tunnel I went through, I went through during day, which I'm very, I'm very glad because uh, the tunnels were. I feel like I would have, I would have lost my mind in the tunnels yeah. at night. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've seen pictures of people going through the tunnels. Oh, that's a lie. I went through the one tunnel by Deer Pass, but I had my brother with me, which was good. Because it was, it was, you get a little loopy in the tunnels for sure. With your voice Interesting. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess you're outside for the, you know, under the open sky for the 99% of the race. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's going on? Am I indoors right now? That reminds me. That reminds me of the, the satellites. We, I didn't realize that the, the, did you hear about the, like the, all the Starlink satellites going no. up on, um, yeah. So I guess Elon Musk with his like 
Starlink or whatever, he was putting up the satellites like on that must have been like Thursday, Wednesday. I, I think probably Wednesday night. I think going up Kasner, we saw all these satellites and my brother pointing out uh pointed them out to me and they just kept coming. And like more and more. And my brother's like, I don't think there's that many satellites you should be able to see. Like usually you're able to see like 20 or 30 or whatever. And we just we saw like it looked like a hundred. I think it was like 60 something satellites. And it was very funny. It was it was very funny. We were worried for a second, um, you know, with my my wonderful mental mental capacity at the time. I thought it was like a Chinese or Russian like nuclear invasion. I was convinced that by the next aid station I got to, they would tell us like, or, or there wouldn't be air, or it'd be like the race is over, like we're being attacked. Um, but no, it was just these it was just these stupid star- Starling satellites. But just things like that, you're like, what is going on? You're because you're so closed off to the outside world that you don't like, you don't realize all this other stuff that's happening. Um, but now, I mean, uh, apart from the the satellites, the I'm I'm jumping around here, sorry. But the uh, oh, that's fun. The, the the night sky that was um, that was one of the prettiest parts for me. Every night, every night, I I, I would turn off my headlamp um, for a little while and just sit on the ground and just appreciate it. It was really pretty. We don't get those kind of stars out here. I mean, I don't think you get those kind of stars anywhere near cities. Um, but it was just so pretty. It was so pretty. The, I mean, it was like, um, it was like a yeah, a sky full of stars to the nth degree. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, it's unreal out here. I mean, not not in Phoenix, like you said, anywhere near a city where there's even a little bit of light pollution, you won't be able to see much. But yeah, once you get north of Sedona, and especially Flagstaff, is is officially oh. designated as a dark sky city. So. You yeah, can maybe see that's why. Everything. Yeah, 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 it was so pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the right time of year, you can see the Milky Way with with your eyes, like without oh. with the naked eye. Like you don't even need anything. It's it's crazy. So I couldn't even imagine. I didn't realize all those satellites were going up. Makes a lot of sense. We were we were having a lot of cellular issues around that area. So I, I don't, I'm not an expert in that field, but yeah, maybe that's what was kind of interfering with our our drone feeds. We were like baffled, like what is going on. Yeah, you know, so that must have been unreal to to see, it was, <laughs> especially on a, it with was, a mind that hasn't slept. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, the sleep. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Sleep, what's sleep, I was gonna yeah. ask the next question? Like, really, like, tell me about like what the sleep strategy was like. How much you got mm-hmm. in total? Because I know a lot of people were just relying on trail naps and then maybe like one or two sessions of a of a few hours. So, what what did yours look like? That's uh, almost exactly what it was. Um, I, for some reason, <laughs> I, you know, I talk about this like this like self concept that we have. You're going into the race with such high expectations, um, and I was like, I am a Spartan warrior. I can rely on ten minute apps, and it will get me through the whole race. And it got me through like the first sixty hours or whatever. Um, but coming into Sedona. I had only taken like two 10 to 15 minute naps and I, I, I was just so tired. So Sedona, um, that was really nice. They had a nice little uh, cot station um, at the church. Uh, and so I took an hour and a half sleep there. Um, and that was, that was really nice. Uh, and then I took another hour and a half. I think it's at Cinder Pit. Um, I believe, yeah, the aid station before Fort Tuttle. Um, I really wish, looking back, just taking a little bit more sleep the first couple days. Um, like my Bigfoot sleep strategy, which I felt like it was too much at Bigfoot, was like an hour and a half to two hours every night. Um, but I feel like I did maybe too little at the beginning here. And I was I was really starving for sleep. Um, I don't know if that's an expression. But I was, I, was, I was really lacking sleep near the end of the race. Um, so I wish I had slept earlier. I think it's totally, totally depends on, on the, the person. Because some people can absolutely get by on trail naps. Some people got to have serious sleep. So I don't know. It's something to experiment with more. I think I would have done better if I'd taken like 30 minutes to an hour a night. And then I wouldn't have had to deal with like the last 50 miles. I probably took like, I don't know, at least another six or seven naps on the trail. It was like, I, I, I got really tired. Um, and I just wish I'd, I, I had slept earlier. Um, but um, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta sleep when you need it. And otherwise you can, you can really lose touch with reality. 
I also just felt like crap at Cinder Pit. Um, I never throw up in races, and um, I threw up at Cinder Pit. Um, I, I, it was very disgusting. I had some tomato soup, which was actually delicious at the aid station, um, but then just everything came up. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take an hour and a half, uh, just rehydrate a bit, and uh, get some sleep. So sleep's really important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems that. to be... Yeah. No, 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 sleep seems no. I was just gonna say sleep seems to be like the the key factor. I mean, that's what's causing. I mean, your legs are trashed at that point. At least, you know, your body is tired. But that sleep, man, this is like a whole nother element that, like, obviously, it leads to the hallucinations. It leads. It can affect your mental having a positive mental mindset out there. So, yeah. So how those yeah, trail naps like, um, that you said you took? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh huh. No. 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 Those trail naps that you said you took, mm-hmm. uh, the latter ones in the last 50 miles, you said you took like five or six of them. How long was like your trail nap? Was it just a few minutes or? Yeah. Yeah. I'd already set, set an alarm for eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay. That's yeah, your magic yeah, yeah. number. Yeah. Everybody's got different numbers that I've talked to. You know, some are just like uh, two minutes. Some are like yeah, four and like, a half. I, I don't know how you do that, but uh, you don't want to spend too long out there, especially you don't want to get too cozy. Like I'd only pull out the uh, the space blanket for the night naps, but the problem with that too is you can get so warm and cozy in your space blanket you don't want to get up. So I'd only sleep at night when I had a pacer, because um, I don't know how people do it, but I don't know how people sleep at night uh, without a pacer and make sure they get up. I is still a mystery to me how people do that. Yeah. I don't know how you you take a nap during the night and expect to get up. I but, would uh, fail miserably at that. <laughs> I mean, I did. I, the, after the first night of the live stream, I woke up on the couch to my wife shaking me, be like, you slept through all eight, all eight of your alarms. Yeah. And I rushed, thank God the office is only 10 minutes away. And I rushed to the office five minutes before we had to be on air. Good. So I don't know how. How much did you, much did you sleep in total? Because I feel like you guys were always on. <laughs> we were always on. I, while my legs were fresh, I think I slept a total of four hours for like the 70 hours of coverage or something oh, like that. Man. And most of oh, it was that man. first, that one where I missed it. I was afraid to go to sleep to your, the point. And we were talking about, I was afraid to go to sleep again after that. So yeah. I uh, just did a 30 minutes. And then I, by the second night, I didn't even go home. I just stayed here. Yeah. Cause uh, it was, it was too riveting to, we, we were just, we didn't know what we were going to wake up. We didn't know where we were going to wake up to. Nobody we has like, ever where... spoken a greater untruth about 200 miles. <laughs> riveting. 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 It was so much fun because we were like, who, what's going to happen overnight? And then I had, we, had to, we yeah. had to make plans yeah. based on what happened. And we had to like move like, filmers um, around. So there, there wasn't, at least in my experience, yeah. It got... um. There's a lot of movement like in the first couple of days. And I I tried not even to to think about place or, or think about where people were. Um, but I feel like in the last couple of days, it just wasn't. I mean, there was like I leapfrogged with a couple of people, but it, it, there just was like so little movement, especially at night. I feel like I saw very few people at night. Um, I don't know if we all hit like our homeostasis of like, this is the pace we're moving at and we're just going to cruise. Um, because, yeah, I, I feel like there just wasn't much movement, but I don't know. Maybe in your eyes, that is riveting. <laughs> I, I mean, it was more like to, like, be able to hear, like, the stories of, like, what was going on out there, what we, you know, to gather more information to cover the air. We had our documentary team out there that they probably slept just as little, if not less than us. So, like, I was, like, constantly calling Dylan, who was, like, leading the team and be like, hey, what are you, what are you learning out there? Like, what's, what happened? in the two hours that we haven't, you know, from the last time we talked. And so it was incredible. But I think you're right. Like we, you know, the race did by that second night, the packs started to like, there was like a variety of, uh, a number of like chase packs. If you want to call them that one, there were like groups of people moving up the trail and there'll be a little movement here and there. Um, while, both Michael and Maggie just continued to like run away from the field. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy to watch that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, that was actually, you remind me, it's, it, that was kind of difficult. I had expected to run a bit more with people. 
Um, like I had at Bigfoot. Um, but I'd say like after the first 24 hours, it was pretty much by myself uh, or with a pacer. I mean, I'd see some people here and there, but um, it was pretty lonely. It was pretty lonely, um, uh, which which made it, yeah, made it a lot more difficult. It was very fun. Like the first day I tried to, um, yeah, it was nice. I ran probably uh, at least half the first day and night with um, Carrie, um, the Canadian guy. Carrie Ward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, a little bit with a few other people, but it was really nice just to, to spend some time with other people and just chat. That like helped the miles go by. Um, but yeah, being by myself the rest of the time was it was it was tough. It was really tough. I had a, <laughs> I felt really lonely coming into um, I think it was Sedona. I saw like over a good like 30 mile section, I saw like one other racer. Yeah, except for the aid stations, but just one guy blew by my blew by me on the trail, but it was just, I don't know. I feel like, um, we're such social animals. Like, like being alone can be fun and it can be a good, um, yeah, it can be a good, like, uh, journey, uh, into like exploring yourself. Um, but it, it, it was difficult. I wish I had been able to run with people more. I don't know. Maybe I should have waited for some people at aid stations, but I don't, know. I don't know. Everybody's just so on their own, like, uh, plan and on their own schedule. So it's a shame, but it was fun. It was good. So you had a pacer for like select parts, not just the entire part, not since like, what was like your pacing? Like, obviously the first time you could pick up a pacer, uh, is at mile 71. So yeah. did you pick up a pacer there or did you have like your brother come in every now and then? <laughs> no i i used them sparingly um i think i only had a pacer for like 40 miles of the race in total. oh wow okay um yeah he joined me i ran all the way to uh the town that shall not be named uh by myself <laughs> um leaving there i had him for uh the section to i think it's deer pass deer pass yeah. deer valley something like that um, and then I had him, uh, the night going over Kasner. Um, and that, that was, that was both, uh, very helpful to have someone during the night, but the last night, um, and this was just a personal choice, but I think it was the right choice. I wanted to just kind of do by myself. Um, I wanted to go up, uh, Eldon, he offered to pace. Um, but it was just kind of a, you, I don't know, you start the race by yourself. And for me, it was kind of like a nice book ending to, um, uh, Kind of just try to reflect on the race and and and, and end by myself. Um, interesting. Yeah, so yeah interesting. you went up Eldon Cast alone. Yeah, I went up Eldon alone. Yeah, that was hard. Um, that was hard too because maybe it was just my. I'm sure it's fine in the day, but uh, like it felt like the trail like just vanished into thin air going up Eldon. Like I got turned around so many times going up Eldon. Maybe that yeah part of the reason I took an hour for one mile, but uh. It, there are those switchbacks towards the top that like if you're there are some social trails that like kind of like if you kept going and you weren't like paying attention in the daytime it's like super clear but like you said at night like if you go past one of the switchbacks you can walk probably like 20 feet and and before you realize like oh wait i think i missed another turn so that's it probably was a little bit of that 100 100 that's exactly what it felt like yeah, yeah, I was con. I pretty much just walked with Gaia out. Eventually, I was just like, I'm just gonna follow Gaia. Like, I, I, I'm not. I can't follow the the. Dirt. It was so so many rocks, so many boulders. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, it's some, a it's a rugged trail. I mean, for it's not the tallest yeah. peak in Flagstaff. For those everybody that listening that hasn't done it, it's not an easy climb. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but that's funny. Yeah. If I had to sum up Coconona in in uh, one word, it would be rocks. <laughs> lots of rocks. Because it rocks, and there's lots of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. No, I meant the I meant the physical rocks. No, I know. I'm just trying to so trying to give it some up. <laughs> we have such buttery single track over here. It's like I was not prepared for how technical a lot of the trails are. Like like yeah. wo- woefully underestimated how tech. Like I. I stubbed my toes like, like an innumerable amount of times. I mean, it was, it was crazy. 
Um, but it was very fun. It was good. Keep yeah. it hard. We want future classes to struggle, struggle as much as we did. I think it'll, <laughs> no matter what, just by the nature of it, will still be hard. I mean, obviously, like any race after the inaugural, inaugural year, there'll be some tweaks here and there. Yeah. Probably a couple more water drops, especially in that first section. In that and, first you know. section, yeah, yeah. And around but, Sedona. Sedona, I yeah. And, yeah, that uh, section between Deer Pass and Sedona looked like it was rough. Again, another super hot day. Yeah, that was see that one I was lucky to do uh, earlier in the morning, um, but the one after um, I did like pretty much in the heat of the day, and I ran out of water. But there was an ice and water drop uh, by one of the roads there, so that was really helpful. Um, yeah, and yeah. unexpected. That was great. <laughs> hey man, um, I mean, even even the high altitude area, you're still technically like in a desert environment, right? So that's why the ground is a lot really hard and dry so like there's a lot of uh like you said a lot of rocks it's it's definitely not the california single track <laughs> it's but. not it's not the marin headlands yeah no but that was the the i don't know if it, yeah um i i've done javelina and i've done cold water rumble so i'd experienced some of the like dry desert air i think um but i was i was not prepared yeah my lips like i still have I still have a couple cuts um, that are like still hurt on my lips. And the worst part, which I had never experienced um, was by like that last day eating hurt because my tongue was so cut up. I couldn't, um, it was, it was actually kind of hard. The couple days surrounding the race, um, we, we tried to go out um, and I don't know, just enjoy some good meals, but I could, I couldn't barely eat anything that had like, a modicum of like spice or salt just destroyed my tongue. My tongue was so cut. Oh, wow. um, and I don't know how to prevent that. Like the lips, totally my fault. I should have put on chapstick or Vaseline. I only started doing that later in the race. Um, but the tongue, I, I have no way. I, I don't know if anybody has figured out or experienced this tongue problem. I would love to know. Cause I, I have no clue. It was very weird. Um, my tongue got completely destroyed. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that before, but also yeah. not surprised because it is Cocodona. <laughs> it's Arizona. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. I love these like little sports beans, uh, these like little jelly bean things, but eating them were so painful because they were so acidic. Um, anything acidic just destroyed my tongue. My tongue is okay now, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That in the sun, I was an idiot. I decided not to put on any sunscreen. And so my arms are still peeling. Yeah. So you, you put on no sunscreen throughout the course of the race? Yes. Wow. Well, that that's a rookie mistake, but... That is a definition of my, my idiocy. <laughs> I can't... I hate putting on sunscreen. I hate putting on sunscreen generally, but during races, I'm always like, I'll just deal with the, the skin peeling later. But like, I wish... Even with my strong aversion to sunscreen, I wish I'd had sunscreen on this race. I mean, that was just so stupid. Yeah, yeah that's Southwest... That was, sun is no joke <laughs> even when it's not hot like even up in flagstaff I've, i made that excuse before i made that i made that mistake rather before um you know climbing up uh in the in the summer to higher colder elevations like on yeah. top of Belden or on top of Humphreys. but that sun is so intense that you, you can get sun poisoning pretty pretty easily but it's good to good to see that you didn't get that and you're just dealing with the peeling but Obviously, sunscreen will probably be in the drop bag. Yeah, sunscreen should be uh, required gear. That was one thing I was surprised about was uh, the cold gear. I never needed the cold gear. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, I uh, I think I pulled out my gloves one time, and that was on Kasner. Coming down to Kasner, uh, coming off Kasner, I was just moving so slowly. I was a, I was a bit cold. Um, but other than that, it was just a jacket. Um, but I, like... I didn't need an insulatory layer or I guess I shouldn't say I didn't need a hat because I had a hat. You did but... have a Santa hat on hundred percent of the time. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. I, the, uh, one other funny thing was the, uh, the headlamp. I hadn't considered headlamp chafing. I'd never experienced that before, but my, uh, my forehead got super like, uh, yeah, like chafed and like cut from my headlamp just being up there with the sweat. So I don't know, maybe I should, I, I just hate the, the waist lamps. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I mean, do you them. Could, maybe like you so can get a custom Santa hat that has a light built in for next time. Just goes right yeah. into the brim. 
You know what? I'm gonna do that. I'll, I'll, I'll contact the manufacturer. I'll get a a custom Santa hat with a uh, Stefan Claus and uh, with some lights. There you go. I think we can get the oh. signature model Santa hat ready for you, and then you can yeah. wear it. Uh, you can wear it next year because I gotta ask. Like registration mm-hmm. for Cocodona next year opens in uh, just a couple weeks. They opens posted June. that on the Facebook group. June first. Are you signing? Are you coming back? I would. I would love to. I would love to. Um, it might be um, this year is easier because so I'm I'm still in school. Um, this year is easier with all the online classes, um, but next year will be in person. Um, so I don't know because that will be like also this year the finals week is next week. So I had a little bit of a gap. Um, we'll see. I mean, if I can make it happen, I would love to. I would love to and and see if I could go under ninety. That was like my 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 a goal. This race was just going under 90. Um, but I, I, you know, I missed it by a little bit. I really underestimated how difficult to climb up Eldon would be. Um, so I'd love to come back. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Have a more enjoyable experience. It was really hard. I cannot stress how difficult it was. Yeah. It's definitely like the hardest race I've ever done. Um, but I'd love to come back and kind of understanding the course. Um, I, you know, I think I did fine training for it. I just like, I don't know, maybe more mental training and more, um, I don't know, work with uh, sleep deprivation. But uh, no, I'd love to. It'd be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we hope to see you out there with the Santa hat. So what maybe is uh, I could bring a couple Santa hats. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah, that's right. We did wear the same one the entire time. We did notice this, it just got dirtier and dirtier. This this is actually the same one, but as you can see, the uh, the white is it's all clean. It's very pretty. There's actually just one washer, and it, it it's good to go after a race. Um, but it, it actually could be nice. I was thinking to do different colors. <laughs> get like get like a purple one, a green one. Get get some striped ones. It would be very fun. Um, and my brother he he didn't wear he didn't wear it. We took a picture with it, but he brought out little um he brought out a little elf one. So if I you know. <laughs> for future races so my pacers either have elf ones or reindeer a uh, little uh, that that'd be fantastic that would really add to the stick i'm sure yeah. that is fantastic the reindeer one would be classic if he's, <laughs> if he's running in front that's great yeah or get or get um get get the the, the reindeer for all my all my crew and we yeah. i don't know we name our crew van the north pole or something uh santa's factory that was great Oh man, that I mean, it, just to see how much, like, you know, that joy that brought everybody, all the viewers and everybody out there, and, and even you know, you were you you hid your low points from us when you were on camera. I mean, I don't know if it was the Santa hat or the ear to ear smile, it was, but it's definitely awesome. Having the people out there actually like, it actually kind of pumped me up. Like I saw Troy at a few different points. Um, it was really awesome. Like down there, I forget the lake. Um, around a hundred miles or so. I was kind of at another low point, but um, I don't know, seeing the people with the cameras, um, it, it was nice. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, That's awesome. It, it was fun. It was fun. Um, and yeah, it, it was it, it was a good time. <laughs> and, and you got me thinking about the, uh, the the whiskey rope and stop. I remember being asked, well, why do you have all these, uh, the Santa fan club? I don't know. I'm bringing the joy. I'm bringing the merriment. Yeah. It was fun. It was it was it was a good time. That was the I think the evolution that began the evolution of Santa Hat Kid, which people were were referring to you as in the chat. To I think that might have been the moment. It was either there or Deer Pass. We 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 dubbed you Stephen Claus. Yeah, and we asked if your if your drop bag was filled with milk and cookies. Oh and yeah, yeah, that, that, was yeah, that was so funny. That was so funny. Yeah. I was like, do they actually want to know what's in my drop bag, or are they just making fun of me? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean everybody always wanted to know. I mean, what what were you eating mostly? It. I was surprised how uh, much I could stomach gels and just other race specific foods. Um, I. I think probably my top three things were hammer gel. The uh, have you ever had the Nutella hammer gel? No, it's not but like it any delicious. other gel. Yeah, it's very good. It's kind of like a. It's not like a goop. Like I feel like a lot of the other. It's more like a like a Nutella paste type. So I had a ton of those. I had a ton of sports beans, um, just the assorted variety. And then <laughs> this is going to disgust some people. I have a lot of Cliff Bars. I enjoy Cliff Bars. It's like a very 
controversial opinion in the trail running world, but I enjoy cliff bars. Um, so I ate probably like an excess of 20 cliff bars out there. Oh, that's um, great. It would have been nicer um, to have a bit more real food at the aid stations, to be honest, though. Um, yeah. I mentioned that in the, the post-race survey. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That it would have been nice to eat some more real food, but there just there, there wasn't a ton of real food out there. So, but I mean, my stomach held up except for that one um, upchuck. <laughs> I send her fit. Um, it, 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 it held up pretty good. So. No, that's awesome. Yeah, we sent out a survey to everybody, um, as you as you mentioned, asking like you know for feedback because we're always looking to improve the events, uh, even when they go really well. Continue to improve at everybody, but I think uh, you know we'll see what next year brings. But I think uh, real food will be uh, the in addition or increasing the amount yeah, of yeah, real yeah. food opportunities. We did see, yeah, because we did see Michael Versteeg on camera get delivered a In and Out. Uh, Oh. diving into an in and out burger his crew got it brought to him i think it was at mingus mountain and he was just yeah. enjoying it yes subway <laughs> subway became my best friend i didn't realize how much i like subway sandwiches um the sweet onion chicken teriyaki uh that was really good I had that a couple times out on course um but other than that it was just a random assortment of foods mostly um also my crew brought me mac and cheese that was fantastic safeway mac and cheese was delicious <laughs> so shout out to them that was great <laughs> that's all and we'll make sure there's more milk and cookies out there for you yeah no you know the, the funny part is like i feel like like a chocolate milk and like chocolate chip cookies could actually be a really good race food like as yep. funny as it is to say like that could actually be a really good race food there yeah. were cookies at Fort Dude, Tuggle, i saw a I picture of the cookies out. on facebook yeah. but i didn't get any cookies i think you missed that i think you missed on the cookie opportunity oh <laughs> i ate a ton of those brownies though like those costco brownies or whatever those were delicious. I had those the, the whole time. Yeah, I could I could pop those down no problem. Oh, and um, I became a new friend with the the liquid gel, the, or the, not the liquid gel, the liquid energy or whatever they were. The goo. Um, they're like they call. I think they're called. Yeah, they're called liquid energy. Yeah, I have one over here. Um, they were really good. Yeah, because uh, when you don't want to eat anything, your stomach's just like ah. So just sucking down some liquid energy was really good. Yeah, get any calories any way you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what's next now? I mean, you mentioned. Did you mention you had Zion in ten days? I have Bryce. I have Bryce, Bryce in ten days next weekend. I am a certifiably uh, idiot. Yeah, I'm very. Is stupid. it all toward a bigger race goal, or you just love you just love getting in these hundred plus mile races? Um. Well, I'd love to do uh, Tour de Jant. Um. I think that's kind of like. That's like the jewel of like every American 200 milers. Like that's like the, yeah, the crown of it. I think that 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 would be the pinnacle of doing 200 plus. Um, and I'd love to get into the winter racing. Um, uh, like one of my buddies just did the Iditarod 350. So I'd love I'd love to the Iditarod a thousands like my other big like uh, long distance race goal up there. Um, wow. You I might think, not have the only Santa hat at that race. <laughs> <laughs> it might, that would actually be like totally on message, like a totally on brand there, like like running up in Alaska with the Santa hat. Um, no, I just I, I I love them though. I mean, we can always talk about race bucket lists, um, but I I think those two are are up there. But I think too, like for me, it's more like. This might sound a little weird, but like building a base of just really gnarly races and just just taking them to town. Um, and I feel like once you get <laughs> once you get like a, a certain level of like gnar, like you just I don't know, you can approach these races and like you can just take them down. Like it's not like I don't know, maybe it's just like building an aerobic base, but um, for me, it's like building up all these. Yeah, all these tough races and then just knocking them out. I just love them. The the harder the better. So, but um, Tour de Jantz and I did a ride would be fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you're certainly building that gnarly foundation. Uh, you know, looking at your ultra sign up and you know just talking talking to you. I I, I can't believe the races that you've tackled uh, in just 20 years. You know, obviously almost 21, but still, <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, so. and fat dog. Fat dog this summer, praying that the border opens. 
They still haven't canceled it um, uh, up in uh, British Columbia. Yeah. Bad Dog 120. So that would be fantastic. That's in August, right? Uh, that's in August, yeah. It's just because my brother made a shirt. Not the brother that was pacing me, the one that just got married. Uh, but he made a shirt um, when I was a bit in my heavier days um, last year <laughs> that says, Fat Dog Runs Fat Dog. So, <laughs> and the first dog is D-A-W-G. So I would love to wear that. That would be totally... That in the Santa hat would be perfectly on brand for uh, Pet Dog. Yeah. Well, did, so we'll did, you, did you experience, did you, when you say like your heavier days, like did you, was running part of like a, like a weight loss journey as well for you? Or is that you were just kind of getting. I mean, it's more like um, I've always been on the bigger side. And uh, even though I started trail running, like my freshman year, I got really big into rugby and then football my senior year. And I really blew up. Like I was like 270. I was a nose tackle for my high school football team. Um, and so, yeah, running has been an important part of like, yeah, watching my weight for sure. Um, and just, just staying at a healthy weight. It's also a great motivation. Like uh, a race coming up is a great motivation to, to stay at a healthier weight. Um, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's hard, but running's definitely been a, an important, and important, I feel like if I didn't have running, I would just blow up and and not um, not be able to control myself. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a way to to correct my eating. It's like okay, I because I'm so bad. I'm just, I'm like a pig um, when it comes to eating. So uh, I don't know. Running helps to balance that out a little bit. But it's no, it's 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 such an important part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds, I mean, it sounds like like you're the, the stoke and the passion that you have for it is like completely clear just by talking to you. So even if I hadn't got to watch your race virtually, uh, it's super clear just in this conversation, I would think our listeners probably agree. So before we let you go, just tell everybody where they could find you. Cause I know before this race, you didn't have an Instagram and now you do. I did so. not. Yes. Um, I made an Instagram. Let me make sure I get the handle correct. Um, <laughs> I tried to get, uh, Stefan Claus. Um, I failed, but I got, uh, Santa at Santa runs ultras. Yeah. At Santa runs ultras, um, that, and then Strava, Stefan Fiendero and Facebook. Um, I created like my Facebook account is, is pretty running specific. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants to friend me there, um, but Santa runs ultras, that's what I'm going to do all. I love it. I'll build up my, uh, my Santa brand there. No, but I love it. Um, just some some fun trail running pictures, little uh, adventures, and some eating adventures. <laughs> I already posted one of my one of my first things was this giant milkshake I had out in Boston. I saw that, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> that was massive. Oh my gosh! It had it had an ice cream sandwich stuffed in the milkshake at the top, and I was like, ah, oh, this is my dream. Did uh, you say you yeah. lost? You lost like nine pounds over the course of the race or something like that. Did I read? Was that, was yes. that caption? I, I lost nine pounds. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and it's weird because everybody's like, oh, that must be some water weight. No, I mean, it was like pre race. That was my weight. And then I let my weight stabilize. Like I wasn't, um, you know, you try not to be married to the scale. But like after my weight stabilized, I was nine pounds lighter. And it was, I mean, my crew was a little worried about me at Walnut Canyon because they said I looked pretty gaunt there. Because I'd actually, I've never done this before in a race, but I ran out of food on that last section. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm trying to bump my weight up. No, no, actually, <laughs> no it, it just goes to nice. show. Yeah, it goes yeah. to show like how, how the same race can affect every runner like so differently. Like as far yeah. as like what their, what their baseline is. Um, for all their different, like their, their homeostasis levels, like after the, the race, it's crazy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely saw that milkshake and, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, I, think <laughs> I, we may be just too, too far out now to still consider my, my eating. Ah, this is still a celebration. So I'm going to have to tie it up pretty soon. Um, but Hey, you know, the best advice I ever got is, you know, the way that you beat post-race depression is you fill the ultra sign up up with way more races and then you never have post-race depression. <laughs> so, um, my addiction continues, uh, two weekends from now at Bryce. So that'll be very, that'll be hot in the Santa hat, but it will be fun. It will be great. That's amazing. Well, we wish you the best at Bryce and hopefully you're, you'll be out fat dog as well. If you can get out yeah, there yeah, yeah, and, yeah. uh, 
but most importantly, we hope to see you at Cocodona again oh, yeah, next year. Cocodona. Yeah. With a variety of Santa hats and uh <laughs> yeah. Maybe a Santa suit. Maybe a Santa suit. I, I'm I'm thinking uh, you gotta get all in with the full suit. Maybe we can get a performance wicking fabric Santa suit. We got that, we have a little under a year to get that made, so I think there might be enough time. Yeah, I can probably get, get Pretty sponsors out there. Get you like yeah. I don't know, maybe get a get the the full the full kit going. So, <laughs> but Stefan, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure getting a, getting to chat with you. Yeah, no, it was great speaking with you. I, I really enjoyed the race, and I really enjoyed the the cookies. Thank you coming through. It was it was really special. So I appreciate it. I, I had such a great great experience. You're quite welcome. Yeah, everybody, Air Vibe was just so stoked to have you out there on the course, bringing all that cheer and joy. <laughs> And merriment, yeah, and merriment, uh, no shortage yeah. of that. So, thanks, man. Uh, I wish you the best at um, everything you got coming up, and we'll see you out there again soon. All right, thank you. Uh, take care, thanks, man. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Everyone here at Steep Lap Media and Era Viper Running is constantly working on bringing more content like this to you. So be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you have some time, consider writing us a review. It really does help us out. And if video is your thing, check out our YouTube channels for Era Viper Running, Run Steep Get High, and Mountain Outpost. Lots more to come there as well, including the Cocodona 250 documentary, which has been in the works now for a few weeks, and we are excited to release it soon. So stay tuned to our social media channels for updates when that is released. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.